This is Messenger Insight, a podcast program brought to you by Oklahoma Baptists and the Baptist Messenger. Hello, everyone. Welcome to this special podcast episode. I'm Brian Hobbs with the Baptist Messenger, your host, and joined with another Brian, Pastor Brian Mills of UConn Trinity. Well, with the two Brians, we're going to be talking about (laughs) what God's doing through your church. And uh, many people have heard just all these baptisms coming out of UConn Trinity, and the Lord is just uniquely blessing. But I thought first we could tell people how you got to where you're at and just what God's done in your life leading to your time here in Oklahoma. Yeah, amazing journey. Really long story short, I did student ministry for almost 20 years all across the country from Oklahoma to Houston to Nashville, Tennessee, back to Arkansas. But I'm an Arkansas boy and gone back to Arkansas. And I was a college pastor. I was also chaplain at the time for the University of Arkansas football program. When I got a phone call from a guy named Reese and uh, in the midst of that journey, he was chairman of the search team and we thought, man, this might be it. The interesting part of the story, though, goes back. That was in 2019. The interesting part of the story goes back to 2015. Okay. Because in 2015, Trinity itself was not at a good place as a church. It had just gone through some challenges and some pastoral changes. And all the church folk out here know, at times, all churches kind of hit some lows and hit some moments. And they'd hit one of those moments. And they were really struggling and pushing through. A lot of people had left the church, and that was in their 2015. But also in 2015, Jennifer and I hit a low in ministry. Mm-hmm. And we had probably, we had, we had faced uh, some great journeys in ministry and a lot of God's favor. And we'd hit a moment that I'd actually resigned from a church. And we were at this point of ministry where we were saying, what's next for us? Am I going to stay in ministry? Is the next path for us look different than it's looked? It's amazing that we're walking through these challenging, asking these questions of the Lord when Trinity is doing the same thing, but we did not even know each other. And you fast forward to 2019, and we're sitting down with a group of people, and that are some of the most amazing people on the planet that were the search team, and we begin to realize, wait, our story aligns with Trinity's story. And the church had dipped down to about 300 people in attendance, and through that, God just began to work, and we just felt like 100% God said, this is the church that you need to go pastor. And it took that 2015 experience to develop us, to, to really grow me up as a leader, to develop and train me so that I could be the pastor that I need to be for Trinity, and I had no idea. So, you know, wow. for those that are walking through the difficult seasons, I know this isn't what the podcast is about, but to encourage them. Yeah. If you're walking through a difficult season or you're walking through a question, a questioning season or wondering, God, what is this? Reflect back on the call of God on your life and just pause and remember, God does have a plan. And part of the plan might be the difficulty you're walking through to get you ready for the experience. And if you don't go through the difficult, you're not equipped and ready to handle what is ahead. And wow. so those were big moments for us, really, really big moments. That's huge. You know, so often we fool ourselves into thinking we shouldn't be in a valley, we should be only good days here. But God brought you through that, taught you so much, then he brings you here. Uh, You mentioned the church, and and, uh, I thought we could just talk about just some of the amazing things God is doing right there through your church. Well, it's an amazing story that I'm so humbled that my wife and my two children and I get to be a part of with our staff and with the people of Trinity. 
When I got to Trinity in 2018, there were 400. I call them now the faithful 400. I like that. There were 400 people, but only about 300 or so were showing up. Roughly around 250 at times were Mm -hmm. only showing up. So you know how it is. There's 400 Mm -hmm. people, but they're not all coming, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, but we call them the faithful 400. And they were 400 people that went through the difficult seasons of the church and never left. They didn't give up on their church. And the church was started in 1979. So some of them had been a part of the very beginning part of the church. Pastor Ted Kirsch, an Oklahoma legend, right? Yes, yes. Helped found the church when Chisholm Heights uh, from Mustang launched it. And he went to pastor it. And the church had been doing amazing things. And so a lot of those people are still in our church today. And they didn't leave through the difficult season. They kind of hung in there. Mm -hmm. And so I say often, we are standing on the shoulders of those who stayed. There's power in staying through the difficult. And we're standing on the shoulders of those who stayed. And so they're the faithful 400 to me. The, the, The favor of God on our church, I don't believe is a favor of God on me as a pastor or the favor of God on our staff. I think it's the blessing of God on top of the faithfulness of his people who went through the difficult and said, we're going to keep this church moving forward. And they kept it moving forward with one mission, to reach people for Jesus. Yeah, It was gospel-centered from day one. I mean, Pastor Ted dreamed it and launched it, and we just stood on the shoulders of that. And so we kind of brought that gospel in and began to dream and to pray, Lord, what do you mm-hmm. have for us? And there were three words God gave me before okay. I came. They were reaching, discipling, and sending. That's good. So we want to reach everybody in our whole city. We want to reach everybody in our whole county, and we want to reach our state, and we want to expand it to reach the U.S., and we want to expand it to reach the world. But it starts in our county. It starts in our backyard that we want to reach people. But we don't just want to see a bunch of people come to know Jesus. We want to grow them up in their faith. Mm -hmm. So we want to disciple them well and grow them up and connect them with community and connect them with the idea that uh, to know God's word deeper and to study God's word. And we've done a lot of things in our church to do that. And then number three, we want to send them out. But we say this, we want to send you as kingdom influencers to be a kingdom influencer wherever God placed your feet that day. Mm -hmm. So every Monday you're sent. Really Sunday at the end of church, we're like, hey, we're sending you out to be kingdom influencers. And so for you, it's right here in the Baptist building. This is, what, this is where God placed your feet today. And so make a difference for the kingdom of God right here. For a man who runs a company, that's where you are to be. For a lady who is a CEO over here or for a school teacher over here or if you're a janitor over here or if you work for the city over here, you are called to be a kingdom influencer. So take the gospel of Jesus wherever your feet are placed that week. And make much of Jesus and share Jesus with people. And together we can do this. Yeah. I, I wanted to ask about that phrase, the together we. Yeah, come as on. I, as I you know, set feet on the church property and talk to you, that phrase keeps coming up. Tell, <laughs> tell us more about that. Brian. Yeah, everywhere. If you're around us, we say together we. We chant together we. Yeah. We're, we're like a pep rally always, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so together we was a phrase that it actually started we together. Uh-huh. And the very first sermon series I preached at Trinity was mm-hmm. We Together. And the very first sermon when I preached it, I didn't stick with the name of the sermon series. I actually start, I kept saying Together We instead of We Together. <laughs> yeah. And one of our ministers, his name's Brian, Brian Greider, actually said to me that week, he's like, 
hey, why don't we change the name of the series to Together We instead of We Together because you keep saying it. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a great idea. And so we said Together We, and we preached a few things. Together We Give. Together We Serve. Uh, together We Are United. We're one. Together We Tell People. Together We Live Changed. Um, and we took seven different concepts of Together We, and we preached it. And so out of that, we thought, well, this is a church of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Church of the New Testament is not all about some pastor leading it or some staff running it. If we want to be faithful to God's word and we want to take God's word to our community, uh, I can't do it as a pastor. Our staff can't do it alone. But an army of God's people can. Mm-hmm. So together we can reach this city. Together yeah. we can disciple this city. I can't do it all on my own goes back to Jethro's principle in Exodus 18, right? Yeah. He looks at Moses like, dude, you're crazy. You need to divide this out and structure this out a little bit so you can yeah. take care of the people. So yeah. we thought, let's take that concept and let's tie together we around it. And so we've launched uh, through that the vision of our church. So those three words mm-hmm. with those two words, together we, and we say together we are reaching, discipling, sending church, impacting generations for Christ. And so we say the generations plurality in that, Mm -hmm. the plural form, because we want all ages. We want babies to senior adults, all a part of our church. We don't want to be a one-age church. We want Mm -hmm. all ages to come to our church. And through that, man, God has used it, and so it is who we are. We, I would literally say we are a together we church. That's what we're about. That's who we are as a church. It is not a pastor-only church. It's not a personality church. It's not just this different styles church. It's a people church. And as together we church are going to make an impact for the gospel. And it's really fun to be a part of because you're in it with people. I love that. That's powerful. Well, speaking of you reaching people, the the number of baptisms, I thought we could take a moment and just talk about what God's doing there with, of course, uh, had a huge impact through Falls Creek, yes, uh, other other baptism emphases. Could you could you talk about some of that, Brian? Yeah, so let me, let me talk to a personal conviction of mine. Yes. So everybody who knows me knows I'm an evangelist at heart. He yes. kept me open. I, I bleed evangelism. Right. And so that's who I am. So I have a real conviction at the end of everything we do, at every event we do, we don't want to be an event-based ministry. We want to be an evangelistic ministry that sees people come to know Jesus. Then we grow them at them with their faith and send them back out. So as a result of that, everything we do, we share the gospel. And every on every Sunday morning, we give a old-fashioned come forward invitation. Yep. I know a lot of people are Amen. like, those don't work anymore. I, I get that. And and I'm, I'm not debating with anybody on it, but yeah. that's what we do. We just yep. do an old fashioned, like ministers and church leaders standing up front. I'm talking right. like old that's school. Right. That's right. And give people an opportunity to respond to Jesus. Yes. And we, so we, at the end of every sermon, we share the gospel and we say, if you'd like to come forward for prayer or give your life to Christ. If we do an event, whether it's a dodgeball event, a men's event, a women's event, whatever we do, we share the gospel at it. In our kids' ministry and our student ministry, at the end of everything we do, we share the gospel at it and see people come to know Christ. And then we strategically and faithfully follow up with them. And so we don't just want to see a number come to know Jesus. Right. It's a name. It's not you know, 50 people got saved today. It's 50 names. That means we got to follow up with everyone individually. And we do that faithfully, individually. We follow up with each one. As a result, we disciple them. Well, part of discipleship, if you've given your life to Jesus, you're to be baptized. So because we're faithful with the gospel, the Lord's faithful to send the people. 
And if somebody comes forward, great. If they don't come forward, praise God. We're just being faithful to preach the word. And as they come forward, uh, they give their life to Christ. We follow up with them, and we're seeing so many baptisms. I think this year, from January to this point, we baptized 219 people. Uh, I think some 50-plus adults. We baptized over 100 teenagers so far mm-hmm. this year. Wow. Over 40 kids have been baptized this year so far. And that's just in eight months. I wow. mean, I don't know. To me, that's like... That only that's, God could write yeah, that story, that's right. you know. That's so that's, crazy, and to think about—I made the joke the other day. Yeah, we might baptize more people this year than we had in the church on my first year in yeah. 2019. Yeah, like only the Lord could write those yeah. stories. Um, another piece we do on that to be a member of our church, mm-hmm. you have to go through a program called Grow Track. It's a four-week deal. Now, I know some people are like, I can never get people to go four weeks uh-huh. to a deal to join the church. I, I yeah. received that. I understand that. It's part of our culture, though. We kind of built it from day one. Well, on the fourth week of Growth Track, if you're joining our church, there's going to be a church member sit down with you and share his testimony or her testimony. And we're going to ask you to individually share your testimony of how you came to know Christ. So if you've sat through every service and you've sat in the big room and you want to join the church and God's been working on you and never responded, we're now going to look you in the eye face-to-face, one-on-one, and say, let's tell your story. And we're, we're having hundreds join the church every year. So it's a daunting task, but what it does, mm-hmm. it puts the people of our church now know how to share their testimony yeah. because we're, we discipled them to do that. These aren't staff yeah. members. These are people. And so they're winning people to Jesus. We see at least one person come to know Christ every month in our membership class. Wow. Isn't that crazy? I love that. And so then they'll, they'll come literally out of that class and they'll say, can I be baptized today? Mm-hmm. We have people wanting to get baptized in their blue jeans. And mm-hmm. we have people, one guy left uh, two weeks ago, a young man left, went and got in his car. He literally could not drive out of the parking lot. Hmm. Comes back in weeping, finds me. I'm in the lobby. And he said, Pastor, I left today knowing I've got a relationship with Jesus and I'm never taking a step of obedience and baptism. And he said, I need to get baptized. Wow. And he said, I literally went and got in my car and the Lord wouldn't let me put it in drive till I came back in. Th- those stories are being told like crazy. An agnostic came to, our, came to our church four weeks ago, five weeks ago, and just started processing his faith, saying, I, I just don't, I don't know, but I feel like I need to check this deal out. And through the love of our people and the care for our people, last Sunday he gave his life to Jesus, and he's getting baptized soon. Is that right? There's a guy getting baptized in our 1130 service this Sunday. His wife prayed for him for over 20 years just to come to church and give his life to the Lord. 20 years she's faithfully begged God for him. He gave his life to Christ a couple months ago at the middle of a, I'm, I'm I'm up there giving the invitation. I see him weeping at the altar. And I'm thinking in my head, praise God, like, God's doing a story here mm-hmm. and uh, gave his life to Jesus, getting baptized in our 1130 wow. services this coming Sunday. So stories that, that only God could write. Yeah. And we're just trying to follow the spirit of God in the room. And he's bringing people and the massive growth that he's bringing through all that is just it's really humbling to be a part of. Wow. That's just amazing. Yeah. Well, and I know uh, one thing about Oklahoma Baptist, when, when one of our fellowships is doing well. All of us are doing well. Yes, we cheer on. each other yep. on and we just want to see the Lord move. And yep. it's incredible. You you all have a great outreach to the community. You're very yes, outside the walls mentality. Tell, tell us some about that, the manna or some of yeah. the other things, if you would, Brian. Uh, can I do it in a little bit of a redneck way? You go. Can we go a little, yeah. 
go a little redneck for a moment. Yeah. Here's a phrase I say, if you ain't amongst them, you ain't reaching them, right? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I know that so I'm from South Arkansas, you know, yeah. come on somebody, yeah. right? Like, yeah. like yeah. There's, yeah. A little, there's a lot of redneck up in here. And uh, <laughs> if, if you ain't amongst them, you ain't reaching them. Here's mm-hmm. simply what I mean. If you don't get outside of the office and get with people, a conviction I have is how can I pastor people I don't know? Mm-hmm. And how do I know them if I don't get into their world? Right. And so it's, it's imperative for me to schedule my time to get out of the office, for our staff to get out of the office, and to get amongst the people. So we do a lot with uh, uh, school programs, and we get around schools. We take popsicles to teams or Gatorades to teams. We feed teams. We feed teachers. We go to businesses. A uh, local business the other day lost one of their employees who died at a young age, and so we called them that week and mm. said, can we bring barbecue and just provide barbecue for your whole business? And it was a car dealership that's close to us. And we bought their whole company barbecue wow. that day just to say we love you. And we're not uh, even inviting them to our church. We would love to invite them to our church. We'll invite everybody to our church. But we do that. We encourage our people, every waiter or waitress they see, would you just ask them, how can you pray for them that day? And before you invite them to church, minister to them. So we teach that to our people as well, not just our staff, that let's minister to our community by being in the community. And why would they come to us if we don't go to them? And so our focus is the unchurched or the de-churched people. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, roughly 75% of our community goes to church nowhere. And if a tornado sweeps through our city, it could be catastrophic uh, for heaven because a lot of people would not go there because they've not given their life to Jesus yet. And so for us to reach those people, we got to get amongst those people. Yeah. We got to get to know their names and their stories. And through that relationship, they come to our church. Yeah. They don't just come by an invite. They come through relationship. Uh, and so we, we're very intentional with our time to get among our community and to get involved in our community in that. I love that. So, Brian, you uh, have a lot of young people at church. Yeah. You saw an incredible outpouring at Falls Creek. There's yes. a lot of people that sort of get discouraged about Gen Z or millennial, oh, but what, give, give us a hopeful note of what you're seeing or just the energy and the evangelism there. Well, I can this. tell you Gen Z is hungry for the Lord. Yeah, They're not just hungry for evangelism to give their life to Christ. I watch Gen Z and I get the opportunity to travel the country and speak to uh, today this next generation of leaders. I get the opportunity to be around them quite a bit. And in our own ministry right here in Oklahoma, I get to be a part of it. And so through that, I've learned that they not only are hungry to see their friends saved, they're bringing notebooks and writing notes during your sermon. They are longing to know deeper the Word of God. They will ask some of the deepest questions if you'll just sit down and listen to them. Mm-hmm. Not get frustrated at them. Get it. They're they're not frustrating because they're Gen Z. They're frustrating because they're teenagers. I mean, yeah. come on, you know, yeah. the teenagers <laughs> been frustrating for years. But if you'll pull back and stay calm with them, you can begin to dive into the depth of the mind of a Gen Z. And I'm just telling you, they're some of the most motivated people for the things of God. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing it happening. Look at what's happening on college campuses. Yeah. Right now, there's a move of God happening at Auburn. Literally hundreds upon hundreds upon hundreds are giving their life to Jesus and getting baptized as we're doing this podcast. Wow. And you think about the generation coming up and the hunger for the things of God and to see people saved and for that spiritual moment. And I think they're getting tired of the ways of the world and they've learned this world, social media, all of this leaves me empty. And so, you know, we found that today's generation are the leaders of the church. 
the leaders of the church are the senior adults and the kids. Yep. They all can lead in the church if the church will lean into them and develop them and grow them up and give them the opportunity to lead. And when we do, it changes our churches. And our student ministry and our kids' ministries come alive to change our church. Matter of fact, this year at Falls Creek, we had the opportunity to baptize 51 teenagers Amen. at Falls Creek. God used Falls Creek. God used speakers yeah. at Falls Creek. And God used our leaders in our camp to see a mighty move of God happen. That came back and started a move of God in our church with our adults. Uh, all great movements, right? Mm-hmm. If we study the mm-hmm. movements of history, they started with college students or teenagers. Yeah. That's where they started. Yeah. And why would, if the Lord did it then, it's the same God, right? Why, why is he not going to do something like that today? Yeah. And I think it's because of their hunger and their passion. So they're willing to serve. They're willing to give all their time, all their energy, if you believe in them and you're willing to give to them as well. Wow. That's that's amazing. Is there anything else you'd want to brag on God about, about what's going on with your church here and or anything coming up that you see? Yeah, so. I, I would say I would brag... Uh, I would brag on the Lord and how he works through people. Yeah. And just to reiterate the together we experience, you take a church that was smaller in nature and has grown the way our church has, and the percentage growth we see uh, literally every month is a result of the faithfulness of God's people. Mm-hmm. And I would encourage everybody listening to the podcast or pastors listening to the podcast, unleash your people. Mm-hmm. Unleash them. And if, if you know you're saved and you got a story to tell, mm-hmm. and I got a story to tell, right? April 24th, 1988, I gave my life to Jesus. I got a story to tell. And saved people tell people. And so that's why we say together we tell people because saved people tell people. Unleash your people. Challenge your people to go live out the story of God wherever their feet are planted. And as we do, may we see Oklahoma look different. Mm-hmm. May we see every single church. Uh, one thing we do as a church is we pray over every church in our city because we want to see every church succeed. That's right. We can't reach them all. Uh, we don't have enough seats to yeah. reach all the lost people. Yeah. But our churches in our city do. Yeah. And we can do this together. Yeah. And so together we is not a church motto. It is the church motto. Mm-hmm. And if the church grabs a hold of it, man, what could happen for the gospel of Jesus all through the state of Oklahoma yeah. and around the world? Yeah. Brian, I love your passion and energy and evangelism. What what has been key in your life for the Lord keeping you on fire for him, keeping you uh, just fed and encouraged? Uh, what's, I, it's going to sound so just churchy. Okay, right? okay. But it's, it's from the depth of my heart. I mean it with all my heart. It's my personal time with the Lord every single day. Yeah. So there's two things that, that I, I credit my, my journey on. When I drift from my personal time with the Lord, I drift from the Lord, and I always seem to find frustrations and disappointments. When I rest in my foundation and my personal relationship with Jesus, I can go through the difficulties of life because I know i got a relationship with God the Father, and He's got me. And that happens every single day. You have to develop a relationship. You can't just go to Him when life gets difficult. you got to work on it every day. It's like our marriage. we got to work on our relationship with our spouse every day. So every day, every morning, I'm not an afternoon. I only believe in the afternoon or the evening times. I know that's so like, that's real conservative, like old school. I get it. But if I'm going to get equipped for the day, I want to start my day in the Word of God. So I get up earlier. Today was a very busy day for me, and I started several meetings real early. So I got up earlier so I could spend time with Jesus because that's how important it is to me. The number two thing is to get on my knees in prayer. 
And so I lead our staff to be on our knees in prayer. Uh, Sunday morning before it starts, twice our staff gathers together in a rally and we're on our knees in prayer. Before that staff rally, I meet with the worship team, the production team, and anybody in our church that wants to come, but it's pretty early, so nobody <laughs> comes. Uh, but anybody who wants to come to be a part of that prayer service, and we list prayer requests, and we pray for the day, and we get on our knees at the altar. And we pray every single Sunday before Sunday starts. Started that from day one since I've been there. And uh, I believe if, if you want to live with humility, you need to stay humble before the Lord. And let him keep humbling you. And... Uh, and so those are the two things that mean the world to me. And the second I drift from them, I think the second pride to creep in and destroy what God wants to do through me. Yeah. Brother, we appreciate you. And, yeah, and what, a, what a great story. And to think how he brought you through those valley times and in, in the victories he's, he's doing. We just thank God for you and what's going on. There's an old uh, story about two uh, great orators in, in the ancient world, Cicero and Demosthenes. And when Cicero spoke, people would say, my, how well he spoke. And But when Demosthenes spoke, they'd say, let's march. Come they on. were ready. And I see that in you when you yeah, share you. and speak. We're ready to go. We're, yeah, thank we you. want to get on board with that. So Brian Mills, thanks for coming on the podcast honored, today. Honored, 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 grateful to be a part of it. God bless you. Well, uh, look for the Bapsmester magazine coming up. We're going to be featuring more of this incredible story at UConn Trinity. God bless you all. This Messenger Insight has been brought to you by the Cooperative Program and Oklahoma Baptists. To subscribe, Find us on Spotify, the iTunes Store, or your preferred podcast platform. Visit us at BaptistMessenger.com today. Oklahoma Baptists, advancing the gospel together.